Welcome into the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. It's Josh Peach and Carson Gordy here. Carson, Illinois is coming off of a 76-50 victory at Nebraska, possibly the best they've looked this entire season. And tonight they play Michigan State at home, a big game against the Spartans who are on a seven-game win streak. But let's start with the Nebraska game. This looked like a different Illini team, didn't it? Yeah, it looked really good. Really good ball movement. Terrence Shannon took charge. Coleman was taking open shots. And Jay Nepps, a very, very efficient game. Um, when the ball movement's there, it seems like the team really gets along and they have fun playing with each other. Yeah, the main stat for me is Terrence Shannon leading the team with 25 points. He only shot two for seven from three. And, you know, we've complained about his three-point shooting before. But what he did getting inside is what really opened that up. He was 10 for 17 from the field in total. So he was eight for 10 inside, which is incredible. Three for five from the line, you know, that's fine or whatever. But him getting to the basket was kind of the theme I thought of Illinois doing well. Like when guys get to the basket, it opens up the outside game because the team only shot 27.6% from three. But when you're taking 32 shots inside, you know, you feel a little bit better about uh, your your shots going and getting points up, which we finally ended up seeing. I mean, Terrence has been great. I mean, he scored 25 points. That's what he was doing in November. Like, that's when Illinois looked like a dark horse for the Final Four. Like, there's a reason why Brad Underwood really, really wanted this guy. Like, he's, he's incredibly athletic. He can rebound if he needs to. It just, I think for him, he needs to stop forcing three-point shots. Because, okay, he went two for seven from the three-point line. What if he went inside a couple more times? I mean, he would have finished with 30 points. So the team just has to realize what they're good at. They all have roles. They all have identities. And they just forget them sometimes. Like, Jay Nets is a great scorer. You know, he can actually facilitate. Coleman Hawkins, pretty strong down low occasionally. That one slam dunk by Coleman, that was awesome. That was his best play of the year. Yeah, do that more. Like, what the heck's going on? It's because he got inside. Like the like I said, when the team just hangs out around the three-point line, bad things happen. But then we see Coleman, who, you know, goes inside and gets a slam dunk. We see Terrence Shannon go eight for ten or whatever it was from inside the three-point line. How about Jaden Epps with a couple of big pull-up jumpers? Like Jaden Epps had a very quiet, in my opinion, eleven points because he did make the one yes. he took, but he was able to get inside because he's a bucket, dude. Like when he can like separate from his defender at all, whether it's going right at the rim or a pull-up jumper, he's a sneaky good scorer. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be here for four years. Yeah, he reminds me of Cassius Winston. I think he's mis- I think he is Illinois' Cassius Winston. Um, one quick thing about Coleman, he went one from five at the three-point line. He didn't miss a shot inside. Nope. He went four for four inside of the three-point line. I mean, Brad needs to just sit him down and show him the stats. When he goes six for nine against Wisconsin, like he's never going to do that again. Well, let's see, that's the thing though, Carson. He has he once every four though. He did it against a mid-major earlier this he year. He did it twice. How many games have they played this year? Yeah, too many. I mean, what two? What's their record? Okay, so they've played sixteen games. One out of eight times, he has a good game from the three-point line. Yeah. No, Brad basically just has to say to Coleman, "You can only shoot it when you're wide open," because look at how efficient you are down low. Great game too. Five assists. Do you remember what Coleman's like best all around game was this year? Well, Syracuse. Yeah, it was the Syracuse game. Well, yeah, he had a triple double. He was shooting in the paint. No, he was shooting. He only took three. He only took two three pointers that game. Exactly. And he was incredible. Uh, the only thing that bothered me about Coleman's game was he kind of got caught a couple times on defense to open the second half. I believe it was, or it's some sort of run that Nebraska went on. Coleman got back cut twice. 
like in a row, which still really bothers me. But overall, I think it was still a pretty good game for him. But I think someone that had a sneaky good game because his points don't show it is Dane Danger. How about his how about his defense on their big? I mean, seven rebounds. Wow. I didn't even notice that. He only took one shot. Derek Walker had been Nebraska's arguable best offensive player. He, uh, he's averaging 13.7 points per game, eight rebounds a game, three assists per game on 60% from the field. And Dane just shut him down. Derek Walker finished two for seven from the field with five points. That is a sneaky good game from Dane. Yeah, that is good. Good defense. I mean, everyone played kind of well. Like, Matt didn't shoot the ball very well, but he got a lot of rebounds. He played great defense. Ty Rogers can't score, but this was the best game Ty played all season. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's finally time without Sky Clark. Ty looked like the freshman that we thought we were going to see coming into this year. Like people thought that Ty Rogers could be the most like college ready freshman of the group, right? And that included Sky Clark for a little bit because of what he did when well, he played physically on, like, he needs the bill. America America team or whatever it was. Like he'd put up Draymond Green type stat lines, right? Where he'd put up like six, six, and six or some something like that. And we know that the scoring's not going to be there because if you can't shoot the ball, it's really hard. But Seven rebounds, an assist, a block, four points, you know, hustle plays, grabbing the ball on the floor. Like, that's what we thought we were going to see out of Ty Rogers. Well, hopefully we get it. It's an early season. I mean, he's going to have to step it up and play. I mean, if he can really pick up the defense, I mean, he could rival Sincere Harris because Harris was throwing up some junk on offense. Yeah, what's Sincere Harris doing? Like, don't you think Brad and the staff have said to him – by now, like, listen, Sincere, like, the three-point shot is not for you. Like, well, look at this awful stat line. 0 for 6 from the field and 0 for 2 from 3 for 0 points. No free throws attempted. I think he's 1 for 6 on slam dunks this year. Yeah. He keeps missing him. He's explosive, sure, but he can't finish. He's like, not when you're up there. 25 at the end of the game, I sure, Sincere, go for the dunk. Like, Sincere's only 6'1 or 6'2 or something like that. So he should, like... There's no reason for Sincere when it's even a remotely close game to be going for a dunk like that. Like, just lay the ball in. And I get it. He wants to be flashy. But like I said, you got to understand that guaranteed points are more important than style points. Well, I mean, defensively, the guy's great. Yeah. He gets three steals a game. I mean, the on-ball defense, one of the best in the conference. He can't shoot. And I mean, that's going to be probably an issue for four seasons. Someone that I think we talked about after the Wisconsin game was RJ Melendez. And I made the point, or you made the point actually, that he should just keep on shooting because the more he shoots, the better his shot looks. And even though he wasn't the most efficient against Nebraska, RJ ended up two for six from three and four for three, four for nine from the field for, again, another quiet 10 points. Illinois had five game, five guys in double figure scoring wise, which I think is pretty cool. But I think that what we saw out of RJ was really good because, you know, he starts in the starting lineup this year. He doesn't get benched, but he just gets taken out of the starting lineup. His minutes go down a little bit. He still scored or played 23 minutes, which was more than sincere, more than Dane, more than Ty Rogers. But I feel like RJ's due for a breakout pretty soon. You know what I'm saying? Like when he shoots the ball, it looks good. And the more he shoots the ball, the better it looks and the more score points he scores, obviously, but his he gets into a little bit of a rhythm. I think that RJ could be due for a breakout. I mean, we got to see it. When does he ever put together, you know, a few good games in a row? See that he hasn't, but He's that's the type that. of jump people I think expected RJ to make for this year from last season, right? Because he only about 40 productive minutes last year in his freshman year. And I think he expected, you know, a bigger role this year. It just hasn't worked out. I can't see this team losing games if – RJ scores 20 points. Yeah. If he scores even 
you know, like 12, 15 points a game. I, I, I think he's confident. He actually takes a lot of shots. Yeah. He just doesn't make his shots. So yeah. I, I think RJ will be fine with this offense, though. Like, I remember my favorite play of the game, and I forget which guard it was, but they were driving on the right sideline. Matt Mayer's defender in the corner came over to help in the paint. I think it might have been Jaden Epps, actually. He swung it out to Matt, wide open three, bang. Like, this is the spread offense that we've been waiting to see. Like, you put up 76 points fairly easily against a Nebraska team that is good defensively. Like, say what you want about Fred Hoiberg and, uh, and the Cornhuskers, like they were holding teams to minimal points. Like they held Indiana to 65, Creighton to, to, you know, 63. Um, Kansas State, who's very, very good, to only 71. Like they hold people down. And Illinois scored an easy 76. Yeah, they could have scored more. I mean, Terrence yeah. was having his way. It, like if they had to win a shootout, like 95 to 89, like they probably could have done it. I mean, this team's really exciting. I mean, the yeah. past two games have really made people – kind of get off Brad's back because they are explosive if they are unselfish and stick to their roles. It's so simple. This team can make an elite eight. This team can make a sweet 16 with their eyes closed if they play like this. If they play like this, they can absolutely. And like, you know, I always, I've credited Brad in the past for switching up things when it wasn't working. And you know how on I was about the defense, the on ball defense now with them fighting through screens looks awesome. They like 50 points is not like very, very little points. Like they only gave up 27 points in the second half after 23 in the first. And part of the reason Nebraska scored as much as they did is because that little Sam Gristle ended up scoring 12 points on inefficient shooting. And I think they had a couple like miracle threes at the end or something like that. Like, you know, where some guy was pulling up like 50 points to a big 10 team in their place is impressive. No matter who you're playing. And they're six and one at home. People don't really realize that like Nebraska isn't like an improved team. So no solid win. I mean, Wisconsin, you kind of knew they were going to show up and they needed to after Sky Clark, you know, left the team for a little bit. You know, Nebraska, I was worried. You know, it's a weird Tuesday night. They yep. struggled in Lincoln the past two years. I mean, they passed with flying colors. I mean, they yep. killed them. It's just both sides of the ball were so good. Like, Nebraska, you take away their big with Dane Danger, who is their leading scorer. Your guard play with your size and athleticism advantage held them to 50 points. And then the offense is obviously the biggest thing. Like, I'm personally a defensive guy. But seeing 76 points with ease and the spread offense finally working after it had spurts of working against Wisconsin is really, really encouraging. So with that, they take, you know, that 76 to 50 win into tonight, which is when they play Michigan state. No, Michigan state isn't ranked, but they're 12 and four. They're on a seven game win streak They're You know, they've beaten Michigan recently. They just won at Wisconsin. This is just another rock solid Tom Izzo coach team that I think is going to give Illinois troubles, but I think Illinois is in a pretty good spot tonight. Um, yeah, we just got to see which Terrence we get. I mean, Michigan State's pretty solid. Yeah. And they beat Wisconsin on the road. They're 12 and four. You know, they got like four guys scoring double digit points. Like this is going to take a full defensive effort. You know, I, I, but I think they got a pretty good chance because Matt's been running really good in transition. I mean, Jay Neps is taking smart shots. You know, it's do the big boy show up because Coleman and Terrence Shannon, because if those guys have days off, I mean, the team's not going to score any points. The team, I think, is really learning to fit into their roles. Like, we talked a couple episodes ago about how Matt Mayer cannot be relied on as the top scorer, right? Then against Nebraska, he scores 10 points because he's in his role in transition. He's, you know, able to hit a couple threes even without shooting very well. So I think if we see everyone stay disciplined against Michigan State, 
they can be fine on offense because Michigan State, they'll force you into the toughest shots possible. Like Tom, Tom Izzo's no joke. He's a real defensive guy. Um, do you remember what Tyson Walker did to Illinois last year? Uh, he got really hot down the, like the end of the game. Didn't he yeah. score like the last 15 points? Yep, and he's Michigan State's lean scorer right now. He's averaging 13.9 points per game on rather efficient shooting. The best player is Hauser. Yes. Hauser's fantastic. I mean, yeah. he's been really shooting it well from the outside. Hauser's a guy that Michigan State hated for years. I mean, yep. he was a big Marquette transfer. They thought he'd be the guy that gets into a Final Four. He really hasn't played that well until this year. I mean, he's really brought a different level to Michigan State. I think it's Michigan State, um, Illinois, and Purdue. Those are the top three teams. Yeah, I I don't mind that, especially, you know, we see Michigan and Iowa play last night. Neither of them are as good as we thought. In that was a great game, by the way. Holy That crap. was a great game. The four-point play by Sanford to send it to OT was crazy. Jeff um, Howard had, what, 31 points? Yeah. Um, Indiana can't figure it out. So I, I think that you're right in Purdue, Illinois, and Michigan State. But as an Illinois fan, you know, and someone that, like, really analyzes the way they play – I think that Illinois is in a good spot for tonight. Like, you know, three or four days ago, even before Nebraska, I'm not sure I would have predicted Illinois to win. And we're not, you know, we can do score predictions in a little bit, but I think that with Illinois Illinois players finally learning their role and the advantage that they're going to have with the size on defense, because like you mentioned Hauser, right? He's Mm -hmm. shooting 41.3% from three this year. If you get someone big like, Taryn Shannon or Matt Mayer to size up with him since he's six nine. Takeaways three, you're feeling pretty good. Tyson Walker's good, but he's only six one. Like those are probably your two best players right there. I like Illinois' chances. I, th- I think that Brad's figuring it out, and the guys are in a good role right now. I think it's gonna be low scoring. Yeah, I think it's gonna be in the sixties. That's what I think. Because they're both yeah. good defensive teams. I mean, they're both you know scrappy physicality. Both of them don't really have great shooters. I mean, like if Hauser's like your most reliable three point option, I mean you're in trouble. So, I don't know. What's the spread? Five and a half for Illinois? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's uh, Illinois minus five and a half. Let me double check here. Uh, just to, I mean, that makes sense, though. Yeah, it's, it, actually, money's leaning Illinois' way. It's down to Illinois minus six and a half after started at five and a half. Yeah, oh, so that's good. So, people are betting on Illinois. Yeah. I'm going to take Michigan State to win. Oh, okay. Well, I, I just don't feel it tonight. Okay. I, I think they want to you elaborate games. on that a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Michigan State defensively, they're showing up. I think rebounding is going to be a wash. Um, I don't know. I just have a gut feeling that Terrence Shan's going to take a night off. I mean, since we've been in college, Illinois has beaten Michigan State twice. They beat them last year at home by one. And then they went on the road and won by five. And that was one of Michigan State's worst teams in a long time. I mean, Izzo is not afraid to get very physical, very scrappy. And if Illinois doesn't make their three-point shots, they're in trouble. So... I just sense a weird upset loss today. I don't know if you remember last year when Illinois won by one at home. They didn't have Kofi Coburn. Or no, I know. They also they went on a nine-point scoring job. And we thought Michigan State was yeah. really good last year at that point. I will give them credit. I mean, that was a huge win for Underwood. I mean, they yeah. were number 10 in the country. But in hindsight, that Michigan State team was a mess. I right. mean, I think they were a seven seed in the NCAA tournament. I mean, th- there was bubble talks at time. I just think it's a bad matchup for Illinois today right. if they don't make their shots. But yeah. again, I can be completely wrong. I mean, if Coleman's making three-pointers, I mean, that's the greatest equalizer on the planet. Like I said, Carson, I don't know. I think that this team is in a groove offensively. I think everyone's finding their role, and they're really finally starting to realize, especially Terrence Shannon, when we get to the basket, when I get to the basket, good things happen. I think that's going to continue against Michigan State. I think Michigan State's going to struggle to score, to be honest with you. I don't think Michigan State's going to score much more than 60. So I'm going to go 
Illinois 66 to 60. I don't I guess they don't cover the six and a half or whatever, but I have them. I think if they're you, gonna win 66 60. The, the players don't care about the spread. <laughs> if you bet on spreads, like God bless you. Because yeah. you have no idea what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Garbage time touchdown, garbage time basket. Like you should never bet on point spreads. Vegas usually knows what they're talking about with paying spreads. You're always like, oh, like, why is this 11 and a half? And then yes. that's up right there. Like, why is this game so close? And then it's like a one-point game with a minute left. That's how it works. Exactly. So, no. There's a reason why they build casinos and not tear them down. Exactly. So, I guess Vegas is saying Illinois should win because six yeah. and a half is a pretty healthy spread. And I think they're going to. Tom Izzo's a good coach, but I don't like the roster as much as uh, as much as I have in previous years. So, I think Illinois will take a chance. We'll see. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Illinois plays tonight at 8 o'clock against Michigan State. We'll be back on the pod later to recap that and preview the rest of the schedule coming up. Carson, thanks for coming on. This has been the Daily Illini Sports Podcast. Mm -hmm.